What's up, guys? What's up? What's up? What's up? What's up? It's we talking about sports. We're back with another four quarters for you guys and some overtime, probably. I think we got a little overtime sprinkled in at the end, if I'm not mistaken. But before we get into the rundown, Justin, Ron, how are you guys doing? Shit, I'm doing extremely well, man. Sports is in full effect. I think that's why we we haven't really been potting as much. That to be honest here, boys. You know, we've been watching these. We've been doing our homework. Yeah, the hockey's on, hockey playoffs, NBA playoffs, uh, NFL's around the corner, baseball's in full swing. Um, so I've been busy with that. But it's good to be back on the pod. I'm excited. The topics look great for today's show. And uh, you know, shout out to everybody who's been following us and still giving us love on all our social medias. Yeah, yeah. How about you, Justin? You know, I've been better. I've had a little bit of a downtime uh, as far as betting goes. Just had some bad breaks, some bad beats, and uh, looking to get it back on track. But yeah, I've been better. But right now, a little bit sad yeah. because of that. I feel you, and I, I don't mean to, you know, kick you while you're down. But you know, <laughs> before we get into this fourth quarter, let's have like a little pregame chat. What do you think about those comments that Jeannie Buss uh, came out with a couple of days ago or just made news uh, today or yesterday about, hey, we have the fourth highest payroll. I expect us to go deep into the playoffs. Uh, do you think that's her like taking a little bit of responsibility or that's her like telling the players and the coaches they got to get it together? I think that's more her mitigating the whole last week's comments about her still looking for other people when – uh, she's the leader, you know, looking for outside advice outside of the Lakers front office. And so her kind of stepping up and saying something is just her kind of, hey, I'm not the pushover everyone thinks I am. I don't always go to my brothers or Phil for advice. I, I expect uh, a certain culture here at the Lakers organization. I think that's more uh, in response to that than anything. Okay, Ron, you got your Lakers or your L.A. cap on. What do you, what yes, do you think about these comments? Uh, well, I think the main thing here is that she was saying it because there was controversy that Clutch Sports was, uh, you know, okay. kind of running, okay. kind of running the Lakers show and making the calls here. And and she said, "Do they have the final say? No. Are they running the team? No, not at all. Uh, she's controlling owner of the Los Angeles Lakers." Is what she came out and said. She's held accountable for every decision that's made here. So I think it is. So I think it is to your point, Roland, that she's saying, "Hey, you know, I want everybody to know that I'm still the main boss here. You know, I'm the one who makes the calls." Uh, and in doing so, in taking responsibility, she kind of threw that responsibility on the players as well with the comment about having the fourth highest payroll. Because let's just let's just be honest, man. I mean, you're seeing teams that don't have high payrolls making it deep. You're seeing teams that don't have Anthony Davises and LeBron James and Russell Westbrooks, you know, making a splash in the playoffs this year. So uh, I think she kind of did a great job. She she established herself as. Uh, you know, as the one who calls the shots and she, she not threw shade, but you know, she, she, she kind of, you know, drew her, drew the sand of the line with yeah. the players and uh, the organization as to say, Hey, we're, we're the Lakers and we have the highest payroll and we need to fucking ball out. Cause we yeah. haven't been. I'm glad you brought up that point about clutch sports because there's been, there was a lot of talk and there, are, there is always a lot of talk about the moves that they're making and all of that because of LeBron James relation to, to rich Paul and everything. But, more specifically to the move that brought Russell Westbrook over to the Lakers. It's been mm -hmm. talked about a lot, how that was supposedly, that was LeBron's call. That's LeBron's move right there, bringing yeah. over uh, Russell Westbrook. So people were maybe trying to twist the words a little bit and make it look like she was throwing shade on LeBron, but um, I wouldn't go that far. But I do think 
these people do want to avoid the blame for who brought Russ over because I think we can all point that out as, as saying that, you know, that's been one thing that really hasn't worked for them so far. And that's because I love Russ. I'm a Russ fan, but yeah, uh, he, he's not the same guy and he hasn't worked with the Lakers. So not at all, but enough about teams that, that aren't in the playoffs. I just wanted to talk <laughs> about that as a little, as a little segue to the first quarter, because we do got a little playoff recap here for the first quarter. Uh, just do the rundown real quick for you guys. We've got the uh, NBA playoff recap first quarter. Second quarter, we're going to do a little bit of NFL draft reaction and some offseason tracker, talk about some moves. Um, since you guys joined us with that NFL draft live uh, podcast that we did a few weeks ago. And then the third and fourth quarter, we got Tom Brady, his new Fox deal. We're going to talk about that a little bit. And then for the fourth quarter, another MMA minute. Justin's going to recap what the UFC Tap Hour guys talked about. Um, last week and then go over UFC 274 and some of those results and then we're going to get into some overtime but I'm going to save that as a little surprise for you guys it's not up on the street so <laughs> without further ado let's get into it it's the NBA playoffs Ron talked about it it's in full swing right now we, it's competing with the NHL playoffs other things are going on baseball but there's nothing like the NBA playoffs. There's drama everywhere, except maybe for one series, but there's still been drama in that series. But let's just start at the game that took place last night. The last game that happened uh, was Phoenix versus Dallas. Uh, it was tied 2-2 after um, Phoenix won the first two in Phoenix. Dallas came back, won the next two in Dallas, shifted back to Phoenix. And after Dallas came out hot, uh, took the, the first half lead, um, busted. For me, I was on the Suns' first quarter. Did not cash for me. Just going to throw that out there. <laughs> um, but the Suns, they recovered in the second half. Won by 30. There's a little bit of shit talk going around. Uh, Luca went into the locker room saying, hey, it's easy to talk when you're up. Everybody's tough when you're up. Justin, what do you think? What are your thoughts on this series so far? It's 3-2 Phoenix. Are you going to roll with Phoenix to close them out eventually, even if it goes to a game seven? <laughs> Yeah, I'm with the school of thought. If it's 2-2 and you win game five, you win the series. That's just what I always think. Uh, Phoenix does go up. You know, Mavericks had a chance last night up until that ha second half where Phoenix goes, I think, on like a 17-0 run and just blows the game away at that point. I mean, you're still in the third quarter, 10 minutes left, and, and you're already seeing the tide has turned completely for Dallas. I don't think Dallas has enough. Um to get over this and and win two games in a row, I don't think they can do it. Um, I'm looking at Brunson, and I'm starting to feel like when he's running the offense, they're doing better than when Luca's in. I think Luca's holding the ball a little bit too much, Bold. and the and the flow is not not going. Jalen Brunson, he secured himself a bag this offseason. I expect him to probably be a max guy at this point now, the way he's played in the playoffs. Um, I'm not sure what Dallas has if they can resign him or not. They need to look into that. It's good to see Dallas in the second round because we've seen them, you know, get bounced by the Clippers in the first round in the past two years. We're seeing the progression of this team, but they're still not just there yet. Um, so with all that, I'm, I'm going Phoenix to close out the series. I think they go 4-2 and they, and they get the closeout. That was going to be my last question to you. Do you think they, they win game six in Dallas? Because Dallas did win their two uh, games at home before they shifted to Phoenix. And you got some big games out of role players like Dorius uh, Finney-Smith. Didn't he hit like seven or eight threes in game four? Uh, you know, you get those performances from the role guys, but you're sticking with Phoenix in game six. 
Yeah, I think Phoenix will close it out. I think they're, they're going back home too, right? Or is it in Dallas? No, Thursday it's going back to Dallas. In Dallas. Yeah, I'm still gonna, I'm still gonna go with them in the close out as long as uh, the fan that hit Chris Paul's mom's not there. <laughs> All right, and uh, and Ron, what are your thoughts on this series so far? Are you with Justin? Phoenix is gonna close out. Uh, I am not agreements with Mr. with uh, Mr. Martinez over there, man. Okay. Uh, first of all, the game is Thursday, eight thirty ESPN on uh, eight thirty on ESPN. It's at home, and Phoenix is favored by two points, which goes which which has a lot to say. Give me the Mavericks at home because Luca is pissed. We all saw the YouTube videos, the clips, the memes of 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 Devin Booker falling on the ground, you know, and saying yeah, uh, special. The Luca special, man. So that's gotcha. you. Don't, you don't want to light the fire under Luca. I think it's his. It could possibly be the last playoff game in Dallas for the year. Obviously, if they lose, they're out. So he's gonna put the team on his back. I think he goes off, and I think, you know, I mean, everybody knows that he has the ability to do it. I mean, we could see, you know, a 30, 10, and eight kind of game, maybe even a forty piece. Um, also, Chris Paul, he's on and off, just like every year. He had, he had, he's been a little bit more consistent, but. It's Chris Paul. It's you know, I'm not, yeah, I, I'm not going to put all my eggs in the basket with Chris Paul. So uh, the Suns are 32-9 and nine away on the year, so they do play well. It's going to come down to the wire. It's going to be a hell of a game six, but give me the home team. However, if it goes back to Phoenix, it's over. Um, game seven, I, I think the Mavericks do everything they can. They waste a lot of energy to win game six at home in front of their fans, but the Suns just come out and put the nail in the coffin and – uh, game seven. Yeah. I got, uh, Phoenix and seven for you. Yeah. Phoenix and seven. Yeah. I got Phoenix and seven too, just because the Mavs, their, their team, they chuck it up. They shoot a lot of threes and those threes tend to go in a little bit more when they're at home. And I think that they shoot enough threes. They're going to make enough threes at home. They should be able to to step up and win the game. Uh, my, my thing with, um, my thing with Dallas is Luca needs to be Luca. Like, they can't have any version short of Luca. Like, he needs to have, you know, at Luka least 10, 10, 11 assists. He needs to have a 30-piece. Because, I mean, you can make the argument that uh, Devin Booker was the best player last night. Uh, he was hitting a lot of shots um, really from the get-go. He, he's the one that kept the Suns in the game in the beginning when the, the Mavs got off to that hot start. So, um, And also, just as a CP3 fan, they were looking for, for the matchup on CP3. They were purposely seeking him out on those pick and rolls and getting him matched up um, in the post uh, so Luca and, and others can try and take advantage of him. So that's just something to look out for um, in game six to see if they attack Chris Paul a little bit more. But I got Dallas winning uh, this game at home um, in Dallas in front of their home crowd. Um, role players tend to play better at home, so I'm going to give them give them that benefit of the doubt. But Phoenix will close out. Um, in, in seven games. Uh, the next one, let's keep it in the West, and they are playing tonight. Is this the uh, the nightcap? It's uh, Golden State versus Memphis. Yeah. Uh, Golden 8.30 State. TNT. There we go. 8.30 TNT, Golden State. They're leading the series 3-1. to one. John Morant out for the series. Controversial play, I guess. People don't know when he got injured, whether it was you know him bumping uh, knees with Clay when he jumped to try and block his shot or – if it was the, the knee grab by Jordan Poole, you know, led John Morant to tweet and delete, um, broke the code. They've been talking about the code, what do you do in, in basketball? What are the unwritten rules of fouling people? Um, highly contested series. Memphis did give him a good shot while Jaw was healthy 
although they did get blown out in that, I want to say it was that game three. Uh, wait, which, I'm blanking. I think it was a game three they got blown out when Jaw got hurt at the end. Uh, but, yeah, uh, Golden State, they're a lot better than Memphis when Jaw's not there. I have them closing out tonight in Memphis. Golden State's a four-point favorite the last time that I checked. Memphis, they got a lot of hype this year, right, for playing without Ja Morant. There's a lot of uh, talk about their record without Ja. Was he, was he, were they really better without him? Because they went on that crazy run in the regular season when it was hurt, uh, led people to believe that this team was for real. But it's different in the playoffs. It's more of a half-court game and those inefficiencies. Even though they came out hot um, in both games uh, without Jaw, um, I, I don't think uh, they have enough firepower to get a W. So I got Golden State here. Ron, what, what do you think on this one? Uh, give me Golden State, uh, 8.30 p.m. tonight on TNT. Uh, the line is four over under at 218.5. Uh, with no John Morant, there's just no chance, man. Everybody kind of was pissed off the way the Warriors came out. Uh, they go from scoring 142 in game uh, let's see what in game two, I think it was. Uh, and then in game three, they come out and they, you know, put up 101 points, the game where they barely won by three. Um, you know, so I think the fire, you know, is lit under them. They want to close this out early. They don't want to risk any injuries, you know, uh, themselves. They have guys who are coming off injuries. Clay's coming off an injury. You know, Steph's coming off an injury. They saw what happened to Jaw. I think Steve Kerr finally, you know, puts him in their place. They're going into Memphis tonight. Uh, with no Steve Kerr, no Steve Kerr. It's a uh... Oh no, it's Steve Mike Kerr? Brown again oh, tonight. Mike Brown, Mike Brown again. again tonight. Okay, okay. Yeah. Well then, well then they're definitely they're they're definitely gonna win one for the Gipper here. Uh, so, I think I don't know who goes off. Uh, you know, the Warriors can. I was talking to somebody, man, and I think that the Warriors have that switch just the way the Cavs had that switch. Uh, you know, back when you know LeBron was there, and Kevin Love and Kyrie, when they were kind of nonchalant, and then it was like, okay, when are the Cavs going to hit the switch? When is LeBron going to hit the switch? And I think that this Golden State team has that. So I think they turn up the switch tonight. We might even see a blowout early by a halftime. You know, finish the series off, go home, get rest, and uh, you know, get ready for you know the Suns possibly in the next round. Justin, are you buying the 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 Warriors here? Yeah, I'm buying, buying the, the Warriors. Warriors. I think the. Uh... Grizzlies are a good team with or without Jaw, um, but with Jaw, that puts them over where they can get the dub on a Warriors team. Without him, I don't think they can get there. They need to keep that young quarter uh, together, Desmond Bain, Jaron Jackson, and Dylan Brooks, and, of course, Jaw together to find a way to keep that young core because that's a pretty, uh, for real, Memphis Grizzlies team as far as defense goes. The other night, um, Clay Thompson 0 for 7 from the three-point line, Curry 4 for 14, Really bad, abysmal shooting night for them there. That's not going to happen every night. You can't bank on that. And like Ron said, it could be a blowout. I also foresee a blowout in the end, not so early, where the shooting starts to hit, Curry gets on his rhythm, and we see the threes fall. Otto Porter is not going to be the leading three-point scorer tonight the way he was <laughs> the other night. It's going to be Curry or Clay. Clay, you know, we've seen a, some downstep on his game, but he's still pretty serviceable as far as, uh, you know, being there at the three-point line, I don't think he can defend the way he used to, and he can't get to the hole anymore like he used to, but I think he can at least hit some spot-up threes. I, I like the Warriors to close it out tonight as well. Yeah, I mean, Clay can get you 30 points just off of threes in one game. He can go off for 10 threes. You know, he's that good of a three-point shooter, but you do bring up a good point, Justin. The The Warriors are not going to shoot that bad again, and if you couldn't beat them on a shooting game, you're not going to beat them when they're shooting good and, and they're firing on all cylinders. 
So um, I do agree with Ron. I think they're going to get him out of there early. Um, I think this is a little bit of a statement game. They want to get that rest. Uh, before we get to the next, to the East, do you guys want to give your thoughts on the Western Conference Finals, or do you guys want to break down the East first? Uh, I mean, I'm good in saying that, you know, the Suns and the Warriors should get there. It's going to be a hell of a series, and I can't really – uh, you know, go into it yet because you know obviously there's still games. Who do you got on early lean? So who do who do you got early lean? Oh, That's why we're here. Geez. Oh man, we're, we're uh, back to the tape. Phoenix had the better record, right? Yeah, yeah Phoenix is the one seed. So then they'll have the home court advantage in the West. Yeah, uh, home court. Oh man, fuck me, man, putting me on the spot. Uh, give me the, give me the Suns. I would like for the Suns to win here because I want to see CP3 get his for once, but I wouldn't be surprised if Golden State's the favorite going into the series. So look out for that. I want to see the lines especially, but I'm going to park it right there because we're not quite there yet, but I do lean Suns. All right, Roland, you can't, you can't, you can't throw, you can't put us on the spot and not give yours. Well, yeah, I was going to give my thoughts too. You know, I'm a a big CP3 guy. I love CP3, one of my favorite players since he's coming to the league, uh, even though I'm a Spurs fan. Uh, noted rivalry there, but uh, big fan of Booker, too. But from what I've seen, uh, oh. I, I kind of like the way the Golden State looks. I think they're going to get a little bit more rest. I want to lean Golden State, but much like Justin saying, I want to wait for the Lions. If I can maybe catch Phoenix as a dog, who knows, with that uh, seven-game series, seven games going back to Phoenix. Um, I like their chances there. But uh, Golden State, you know, it's just it's just the magic, the allure that, that's there with them. Like Ron said, they have that switch. They can shoot you out of the game. They have firepower that not a lot of other teams have. And, um, you know, I'm just hoping my boy CP3 uh, turns back the clock a little bit. And he doesn't have to turn it back that far because he was giving us good performances earlier in the season. Uh, hope hope he gets back to his ways, and uh, because that's where it all hinges on for me. If CP3 is playing like the point guard, I'm all in on the Suns. But we're getting this version of CP3. Um, I, I don't know. I don't feel comfortable putting it all on Devin Booker's back. Uh, the matchups, yeah. man. It's just the matchup to me. Like right right away, you think defensively, you give it you give it to the Suns, right? You give it. You know, uh, Mikel Bridges. You know, they have eight. You know, Aiton down there. But on the flip side, it's like you're going to have Aiton versus Green. Golden State's going to be smaller. So that's kind of a disadvantage for the Suns as well. Just real quick, personally, what I want, just because I, I I can't stand Chris Paul, is I want him to get to the finals. And then I want him to lose in the finals. Because, <laughs> yeah. bro, he's been like – I like how are you going to be that guy complaining about every single foul when you freaking – you you know you chicken wing and you throw your head back yep. and you're you know on every single play like don't he's, a he's, a he's, he's 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 part of the flop squad he's part of the flop team man so he's on flop rushmore he's yeah, on, yeah rushmore. there you go he's on flop rushmore that's man. a that's a rolling quote by the way uh, yeah, hey, trademark, that. trademark that um but, yeah. what do you what do you think about him saying that he's gonna he'll see that fan later He's like, I'll see you later. I'll see you later. The one that uh, oh, put hands on his family members. I thought Chris, that was funny. Chris Paul about that life. I saw something where there was a he led his team down a secret tunnel to get to Luca or some shit like oh, that. Oh, no, that was just uh, I think that was uh, a <laughs> <Boston, laughs> post. Sports or something. Uh, all right, let's get to the Eastern Conference. Both these series are highly contested. 
One, I have a little bit of an issue to pick with. It's uh, Miami and Philadelphia. I didn't think Joel Embiid was going to play much in the series, but he came out and played. He, he came in in game three, just fast forward to game three. They were down 2-0, shifted the whole series. They won two games much uh, similar to, to Dallas and also similar to Dallas. They got blown out on the road um, in Miami last night. Uh, I don't remember the score, but I know it was close to a 30-point game. Uh, not twenty to eighty-five. There you go. Not close at all. Almost a forty-point blowout. I'm gonna make this real short and simple. I think Miami is gonna win. I think they're gonna win in six. I don't like a lot of what I've heard from uh, uh, Philadelphia post-game. Joel Embiid talking about he's in a lose-lose situation. Talking about if I don't go out and play, uh, people are gonna call me soft. I go out and play. I'm injured. I'm not at my full capabilities. People are still gonna say that I'm not enough. And then James Harden and others are saying that they're not engaged. Just not what you want to hear in a playoff team that's going back home down uh, 3-2. So give me Miami in six, even though uh, I, I was high on Philly uh, earlier this year and even into the playoffs. But this is where I bow out. All right. Justin? Well, I think the Heat are going to win here too the next game. They'll get, they'll get it done in six. And I think the Heat, as far as being a one seed, might be the most disrespected one seed in this tournament right now because everyone's thinking whoever wins that Milwaukee-Boston series is going to be the representative for the East. At least that's the circles that I've been talking to think that. So the Heat can get no respect. The other thing I got to ask is, are the Heat better off without Kyle Lowry? I mean, look at the points they put up last night without him. True. 120 to 85. I don't know. The, I think the offense was moving a lot more through Butler. Butler was getting some double teams that probably weren't warranted considering Jimmy Butler's not the best player on the court. He's a dog, that's for sure. But, I mean, I don't know. I just think I think that's a wrap as far as also the Philly project with with Harden. I think that he's going to be leaving. I don't think he goes signs a max contract. Maybe he does. He's still maybe a max contract out. I'm not, not sure if he's worth that tag anymore, though. What do you all think? No, I think the Harden project is done, and it's and it's a shame, man, because along with him, you have guys like Kyrie, too, you know, guys who are going from team to team wanting to chase those rings, which just goes to show how hard it really is, man, to yeah. consistently get to the – I mean, again, not saying it because he's my favorite player, but this is where we put respect on LeBron's name from going to the finals all those years in a row, bro. You know, it's hard. It's hard, and, and, and a lot of guys in the league want to do it, and sometimes it's just not possible. But as far as my thoughts on the game, I think the MVP snub has a lot to do – will have a lot to do with Embiid's performance. Uh, you know, what is it, tomorrow. And I think that with what Roland was saying about them not being engaged and a team that I can compare the Heat to is Golden State. You know, the Heat can kind of – see the blood in the water and they can say, Hey, let's get Philly out of here. Let's go get some more days rest because it looks like that Celtics and Bucks series, you know, is going to go, you know, at seven. least six. Yeah. At seven. So, you know, they'll get, they'll get some days off. Jimmy Butler, like Roland said, is a dog. He's the veteran and he's going to look at the young guys and say, Hey guys, I've been here before. We need to put this team out early. The last thing that you want to do, even though it is going to be in Miami is go to that dreaded game seven, you know, because anything can happen in the game seven. You have a chance, beat the 76ers on the home court and beats to me the injury, him being snubbed, 
uh, which I mean, I at least I think he got snubbed. Joker is a hell of a player, but I think Embiid got snubbed this year. Um, so it came in that Jokic got almost twice as many first place votes than, than Embiid. Yeah, that's 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 crazy, man. That's that's a crazy stat there. But as far as the line, Philly is favored uh, by two points. The over under is two hundred seven, and it's Thursday at six on ESPN. So if I'm a betting man, I would say, uh, you know, why not take Miami with the points? Yeah, Miami plus two. I like that even to take the money line. I think they're going to close hey. it out and six. Right. Um, yeah, that's it for Miami and Philly. We all got them closing out in six. We're all in agreement there. I think that's a is that's the only one that we're in greens all the way. Or are we all in agreement on Golden State? I think that. It's the other one too. But anyways, yeah. Let's get to the last series here, and then we'll give our Eastern Conference uh, final quick preview and prediction. Milwaukee versus uh, Boston. Milwaukee is a three seed defending champs. Boston a two seed. Uh, Justin alluded to it earlier. This is everybody's pick to to win the finals or to get out of the East at least is the winner of this series. It's it's been touted to come. Uh, the Eastern Conference Finals representative will be from this. Anyways, Boston just uh, you know pretty much swept Brooklyn in the series before. It came in with a lot of hype. Milwaukee, you know, gave it to them in Game One. They got a good response in Game Two uh, from Boston. Boston came out and blew, blew them right out. Milwaukee won the first game in Milwaukee, and then we got a good response game in Game Four from Boston. Jason Tatum finally stepped up. Hadn't had a good few games. Uh, came in and showed everybody why uh, we think he's the next superstar up. Who do you guys got in this game five? It's back to Boston. It's about to tip off in a couple of minutes. By the time that people listen to this, uh, the the result will already be out there. Um, who do you guys got in this game five? It goes back to Boston. The last time that I looked, um, Boston was a five-and-a-half-point favorite. Do you guys think that Boston gets it done and takes a 3-2 lead and ultimately wins the series? Because they do got that game seven at home. Uh, Ron, what are your thoughts here? Both of you guys are Lakers fans, so are you guys both against the Celtics here? Uh, No, man. Give me the Celtics. Uh, I think – I just think collectively. Collectively, they're the best team uh, right now. You could compare them to the Suns. Uh, just because they're all around. They're great defensively. I don't know the status of Marcus Smart's situation. If you guys could kind of help me out there. Um, I don't know if he's done, if he's back, when he's planned to be back or what. But uh, give me the Celtics here. Game five actually is going on right now. It's 15 to 14 with five minutes left in the first quarter. So it looks like it's going to be a tight game. Um, The Middleton injury was big. Uh, Giannis is obviously a freak, no pun intended, the Greek freak. I just don't think that he has enough against a squad like this. If it was him going against another superstar on another mediocre team, I think, you know, he would definitely get it done. But collectively, uh, you have Al Horford putting up, you know, crazy numbers for the Celtics. I mean, old man, Al Horford, you know, he's been their leading scorer, hitting Al three. Horford game. Yeah, I mean, father time, you know, he's turning back the clock. But uh, give me the Celtics tonight. It's going to be tough. In Milwaukee, because it's hard to beat Giannis at home. But like they already you guys did said, it. yeah, but as you guys said, they did it once and game seven in Boston, it should be should be a wrap there. You know, there's gonna be a game here either tonight or the next two games where Tatum puts, you know, that Kobe uh, you know, cape on and you know, does it for the Mamba. So give me the Celtics, man, winning the series. I see you not in your head, Justin. Do you, uh, <laughs> are you in agreement? 
Yeah, I I'm in agreement. I think this is a, that. I think this is like a you know a 15 round boxing match, and Giannis is punching up, but he's he's on by himself. And while the Celtics got a, a good group around them, you're starting to see that at the end of the games where he's starting to get a little more tired because he's doing the heavy lifting for the Bucks. I think uh, Celtics will win this in seven. They'll take that home corner advantage and get it done. And uh, I think the difference was just not having Middleton to rely on. As far as Marcus Smart goes, he has been playing. Everyone's been talking about how physical Golden State and Memphis has been. Y'all have not been watching Boston and Milwaukee. It seems like it's a car crash every play. I mean, players are on the floor every play. This is the one of the most physical series I've ever seen, and it's awesome to watch. Um, I think it's way more physical than what we've seen through Memphis and Golden State. But, yeah, give me the Celtics in seven. Yeah, I, I agree with both of you guys here. I like the Celtics tonight. I like the Celtics. Actually, no, I take it back. I like the Celtics in six. I think they're going to smell the blood in the water, and, mm -hmm. you know, Ron already alluded to it. There's no Middleton. Giannis can only do so much. And Giannis, in my opinion, he is the best player in the league. I think he's proved it. Win or lose in this series, he's that guy. He's him. Uh, Giannis is the <laughs> number one player in the league, but – uh, I do have them losing in six here. I think that missing injury is going to be too much to overcome. I know role players play better at home, but I, I, I'm not going to rely on Grayson Allen and, and Pat Connaughton to get it done for me uh, twice in a row. And, you know, Boston already proved that they did it or that they can do it. They, they won that game four, highly contested game, and, and Milwaukee took a big comeback in the fourth quarter. But give me, give me Boston in six here, and then in the next series – I just got to stop you there. So you're saying that you have no faith in Bobby. Bobby, uh, Bobby Portis. Bobby Portis? Uh, <laughs> man, I don't know. And, you know, even if they don't get <laughs> even if they don't get an Al Horford game, um, I think Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown will, will prove to be a little too much, uh, too much firepower. Uh, any any um, issue with Robert Williams being out, do you think that makes a difference at all for the Celtics? What's the status on Robert Williams? Is he? Uh, he's out this game, and I want to say he's out one more. Man, that guy's a that guy's a dog, man. Yeah, he's ruled, he's ruled out for. Yeah, he's not playing tonight. Um, I do think it's a it's a big loss for the Celtics because uh, Robert Williams does represent some of that post presence for them. Uh, do, it's not too much uh, offensively. When I say post presence, I mean defensively uh, stops uh, people from going to the paint. But I think for this series in particular, um, they still have enough to get it done um, mm -hmm. offensively and defensively without him. Yeah, I I'm mean, hoping Milwaukee, so. Milwaukee really doesn't have that true five. I mean, Lopez is out there, of course, but I mean, he's comfortable with shooting threes, so he's not, you know, anybody on that you need to contain, you know, down low. Yeah, yeah. I got them in part of one of my parlays, so I really need that leg to hit. <laughs> hey, Justin, so. you've, you've been betting a lot more, man. Where, where, where's this? Where's this betting coming from? Are you in, like a chat or something with these guys who bet? Yeah, know. I'm in a few chats, a few circles, Sounds and like it, just man. a little more active during during <laughs> yeah. playoffs. I had, you know, during the season of the NBA, I pretty much took it all off. But all once right, playoffs yeah. hit, you you want a little something on it to make it a little bit better when you're watching. You must be with a bet king, man. That's what I'm with. Uh, Celtics uh, down 19 to 14 right now. I just went to a little commercial break. Uh, just quickly, uh, if Miami comes out of this series against Philly, like we're predicting them to, and Boston comes out, oh. give me Boston. Or Milwaukee. Give me Boston. Yeah, give me, yeah, give me Boston or Milwaukee to beat Miami. 
Uh, but yeah, give me give me Boston over Miami in the next round. Yeah, I think I I think I'm in agreement there. Uh, it's it's crazy, just like how you guys said. I mean, not a lot of people are putting respect on the one seed in Miami, but not a lot of people put respect on the two seed in Boston. Yeah, you know either. So to to have these two, you know, teams go against each other, it could it somebody could easily said, oh, one versus two Eastern Conference, simple. But when all eight all eight teams were involved at the beginning of the playoffs. They weren't the teams predicted to be there. So, I mean, this was this is going to be really, really good to watch. All right. All right. That was the, the playoff picture. Anything else you guys want to talk about in the, the yeah. NBA before we move on? I love that. I love that first quarter. Great first quarter there, man. Came out hot. There was a lot of fouls and there was a long first quarter. <laughs> Got in the bonus early. A lot of free throws. It took a little <laughs> while, but we moved on. All right. Let's move on to the second quarter. Changing gears, changing sports. Uh, like I said in the introduction, you guys were with us uh, during the live draft podcast. That was our last live uh, podcast that we did. We went live with y'all for the 2022 NFL draft. Uh, we stayed with y'all through much of the first quarter. Um, for those of you guys that are watching on YouTube and Facebook, uh, we got uh, the results up there for the first round. Trayvon Walker from Georgia, he was a guy who uh, sprung up the draft boards late in the, the process because of his um, measurables and his 40 time and, and all of that good stuff that you, you track at the NFL Combine. So he usurped Aiden Hutchinson, who was supposed to be the, the number one pick. He ended up falling down to Detroit at number two. Real quick, I'm not going to get into all of the all of the picks here, all 31 uh, first-round draft picks. Uh, Ron and Justin – out of let's just break it down to the top ten here because I have a couple of questions. But for the top ten, what did you guys like? What what pops up, pops off the screen to you guys? Or top ten? Yeah, top ten or just the draft in general, the the first round. Who, who who's like the most? Oh shit, man! Philly, easy. I think Philly had a hell of a draft. Uh, they did really well, and then the trade heard around the world. Uh, Tennessee. I mean, it wasn't you know something. You know, draft pick wise, but uh, I think they did they did extremely well also. But I hate to say Philly because they're in the you know they're in the uh, NFC yeah. East with our with our with our beloved beloved Cowboys. And speaking of the Cowboys, I didn't love the pick, man. I know I'm kind of just going in on here, but I did at top ten. But I'm going on here, and I, as soon as they picked the man, I mean, you hear the dude is bad. Uh, you know, gets a lot of penalties, needs a lot of coaching. Uh, so I didn't love the Cowboys pick, not only because of the player, but because there was so many studs left on, on, on the defensive end. And I know we did well on defense last year, but why not give Dan Quinn another, another weapon, man? Let's have a defense like when Peyton Manning was with the Broncos and Von Miller and that defense won them the Super Bowl. You know, why can't, why can't we just do that? You know, mediocre offense, but exceptional defense. I think we had an opportunity to do that, and we totally whiffed with this pick. Obviously, offensive lineman was a necessity, but if he wasn't one of the top offensive linemen, I mean, maybe we could have got or, lucky in some, in some, in some uh, you know, trades later on. Were you disappointed that the Cowboys didn't trade up? Because there was talks of us trading up and maybe getting a receiver or getting one of the, the splash names that are uh, sprinkled up at the top of the draft board. Uh, I, I, I really didn't mind it. You know, I don't mind, uh, you know, saving, saving some money, you know, maybe late, uh, that way we can get a player later on in the season. Uh, Jerry Jones is, is very, 
you know, you really don't know what he's going to do. Yeah. So he I'm talks kinda, a lot. Yeah, I, I, but I'm kind of glad that he didn't do anything because some of his moves aren't the best. Obviously, we got really lucky with Micah Parsons, uh, but I wouldn't trust Jerry. I'd, let, I'd rather him just chill and, you know, not spend the money or, you know, doing something crazy in the first round. Uh, I, I like that, uh, and I like that you caught out the Eagles as your your favorite draft uh, uh, draft performance, I guess, of the first round and the draft in general. Uh, they were one of my top picks. I really like the trade going up and getting Jordan Davis at uh, number thirteen, um, and then going and getting um, AJ Brown for for Jalen Hurts. I, I thought those were all uh, big moves uh, that that were made. Justin, uh, who who's your favorite team in the first round and and then the draft, and then maybe talk a little bit about what you think about what the Cowboys did. Every team, <clears throat> draft-wise, had to be the Jets. They, they did the most with their picks, Good. as they usually do. And you see what happens. They don't use them to their advantage. They end up on other teams. That happens to the Jets. But if, I think they had the best draft night. Now, draft overall, as you know, as a whole, I would have to give it to the Eagles as well. Picking up Jordan Davis, uh, getting to Kobe Dean in the third. Sure, he has some issues, some health issues to get over. But uh, I think they did the best as far as the whole draft goes, as far as Eagles do. And the Cowboys, man, no assurance as a fan now. These past few drafts, I always felt pretty good. You know, Michael Parsons pick. I was like, well, we want someone else, but we got Parsons. We knew what he could be if he lived up to his potential. Sure enough, he did. There was the only thing I can look at is what was picked after 24. I see the name Devin Lloyd on there. Man, that would have been a nice addition. Another linebacker who can move, you know, sixty yards as as they say, sideline to sideline, um, very well. He's pretty fast from the Utah. That would have been a nice addition because I know Vanderesh is probably on his way out. I don't think we're going to resign him to another contract. So that would have been a nice pickup. The only name that I do like out of everything the Cowboys drafted is Sam Williams, the edge from Ole Miss. Yeah, I saw him. He's he's pretty good. Uh, as a big motor, uh, size-wise, he's you know the, all the all the physical traits they all line up. But other than that, man, there's just no hope with this draft. I'm so upset, man. It's it's hard being a Cowboys fan. Like I keep looking at all the things they do wrong against me, and it's just starting to add up and add up. And I don't know, man. I I, I absolutely hate this draft. Tyler Smith, I think, I think that's a waste of a pick. Honestly, I just it, it, I hate it, man. I don't know. All right. I don't know what the fuck they're doing. So, I'm in the dumps when it comes to the Cowboys. I'm in the slums right now. There's no optimism. I, I hate to be the guy, but it's just. I'll echo some of your sentiments in that I'm disappointed in the, the Cowboys' lack of action. I would have liked to see them trade up, no matter what it would have taken, because it would have just shown that they're trying to do something. Because mm-hmm. to me, that they, they haven't addressed any of their needs. They just, the only, I guess, uh, offseason news that you hear about the Cowboys, other than the draft, is who they're letting go or who they're trading away, or who signed somewhere else. That's been the most disappointing. So that's why with this draft, to me, there's a lot of holes for the Cowboys to fill. They had to fill a receiver because you can't go into the um, into the season with the receiver core that we have. So we had to draft a receiver. The offensive line, we lost some guys. Tyler Smith, I'm not going to completely crap on him. I know he has some issues with penalties, and he's not the best pass blocker, but he can r- move some guys. He can yeah, he's a big, he's he's a a big, big dude. dude. I also don't think we're going to ask him to play uh, left tackle right away because, you know, we still got Tyron Smith. Probably try him out on the right side or try him out at guard. We got Terrence Stewart at the other tackle, so guard makes more yeah. sense. 
try him out at guard. So I'm going to give him a little bit of a pass there. Like uh, Justin and Ron both said, though, there were a lot of studs on the board, so it made that pick a little tough to swallow. But I do like Sam Williams, big production. Uh, Justin alluded to his motor. He did have the stats to match that. He, he got close to 13 sacks last year. He ended it with 12 and a half for Ole Miss. And the one that I'm a little iffy about, and it was, to me, I'm a – I'm an offensive guy. I, I like the receivers. I, I want the, the shiny toys uh, that the receivers are out there. You know, I was excited when we drafted Des Bryant. I was excited when we drafted uh, CD Lamb. CD. I still remember those drafts. I still remember how excited I was for both of those players. Jalen Tolbert, South Alabama. I, I had to, to be honest, I hadn't seen any of him. I hadn't watched a single South Alabama game. I had to go the Jaguars watch some, from South Alabama. I had to go watch some, uh, some YouTube on him. He's a good route runner. The only thing that occurs to me is he's going to have to step in right away. That That's the thing with these draft picks is why they're so important is because the Cowboys can't miss on these because these guys are going to have to go in and contribute right away because the holes that we currently have on our team. So, the first two I'm fine with, Jalen Tolbert, I hope he can come in and produce because C.D. Lamb can't be the only guy that we're throwing out there. Michael Gallup is so hurt. We lost Cedric Wilson. Okay. So receiver was a was a big um, position for me this year, and yeah. I'm a little sad that they didn't try and get like a guy like Burks uh, from Arkansas who went 18 to Tennessee um, or maybe even trading up even further and getting a, a big splash name. But that's just me. Uh, my favorite draft um, out of everybody, I'm going to have to jump on uh, Justin's uh, bandwagon here, here as far as the Jets. I really liked what they did. They got Sauce Gardner, Garrett Wilson. I knew Justin was going to pick Garrett Wilson or, or Chris Olav as his favorite uh, <laughs> draft performance because of his Ohio State ties. But really like what the Jets did there. And uh, can't can't forget the Eagles. They, they did a, a good job with their draft. Um, my question for you guys, though, what, what do y'all think about the quarterback slides? Uh, Kenny Pickett, uh, Leak Wilson, Kenny Pickett ended up being the only quarterback drafted um, in the first round at number 20 to the Steelers. Um, are you guys surprised that only uh, one quarterback was taken in the first round, or were you expecting that uh, because of the, the crop of guys that were out there? Justin, what, what, what are your thoughts? I saw you shaking your head and just like you expected this to happen. No, I wasn't surprised that only one because of the class that it was. I just thought that my sentiment was if one does pick, some others will pick quarterbacks in the first round. They'll follow. They'll get a little aggressive. They'll, you know, I need to get a quarterback too. I think the talent evaluators saw that the quarterbacks are not there and decided, you know what, we will pass. Uh, I don't see Kenny Pickett as a number one QB in the NFL. I don't, I just, and that was who got drafted first. I like Matt Corral. Unfortunately, he has some issues surrounding on the outside that I think kept him away from being a first-round pick. But that was a Heisman candidate for most of the season until he got hurt. Had production, played in that Ole Miss uh, Lane Kiffin offense. There's a lot of talk about him. Uh, he ended up getting drafted where, Justin? Do you know? Did you keep track of that? I'm, I'm, I don't know where he ended up. I can look it up for you, though. I think he ended up in Carolina. That's my first guess, but – um, Ron, what are your thoughts? Were you surprised that only one quarterback was taken? Do you like Kenny Pickett? Uh, not surprised at all. Just like Justin said, 
Uh, I'm not surprised that Kenny Pickett got took because if you're the Steelers, I mean, and you're looking at your quarterback and you're looking at your roster and you look at the quarterback lineup, you're like, I mean, I really ain't, I ain't got shit, you know? So why not try to bring in Pickett? I mean, uh, dare I say Ben Roethlisberger didn't get picked, you know, as high as Pickett did obviously. And look at the career that he had, look, you know, with the Steelers, you know, took them to the Super Bowl. I'm not saying Kenny Pickett is Ben Roethlisberger at all, but maybe that's their thought process. Um, as far as uh, the quarterback who got drafted to the Titans, there's already controversy there, you know, with uh, oh, Tannehill, yeah, right. Tannehill. Tannehill coming out and saying, like, why do I have to mentor this kid? Uh, and, and you took the biggest weapon away from him. Uh, you know, if there is going to be a quarterback battle and, you know, say you insert the rookie late, uh, if you have a bad season, you know, put him in the second half of the season. But you do have Derrick Henry there, you know, to help him and, you know, support him. I mean, he can't, you know, really screw up and handing off the ball to Derrick Henry. So uh, I think the Titans did a hell of a job getting him. I mean, the talent's all there. Um, his ceiling is really, really high. So great job by the Titans. But to answer your question, as far as the quarterbacks, not not surprised at all, man. I mean, happy, you know, happy for Pickett. You know, he's still got – he's still going to have that to his name that he got drafted in the first round. Um but it's on to next year for the quarterbacks in the draft. Yeah. And there are some highly touted quarterbacks in that next draft. Just to give my my uh, thoughts on this. Um, I was a little surprised that only one went because this is a quarterback happy league. I thought much like Justin that once maybe one of them went, there'd be a little bit of a run, like what was experienced with the wide receiver position. You got London at eight and then Garrett Wilson at 10, Olav 11, Jameson Wilson, uh, James, Jameson Wilson 12. Um, I thought something like that would have happened, but uh, much like you guys, this isn't the the best class of quarterbacks. I wish all these guys success, but as far as uh, prospects and where they uh, stack up, definitely uh, don't stack up as high or as nicely uh, compared to some of these other classes. So I'll just leave it at that. Um, anything else you guys want to cover uh, with the draft in the second quarter? Yeah, I do have a question for both y'all, and it doesn't have to be elaborate or anything. I just want to know what as far as a draft grade goes for the Cowboys, I want to see how far of a pessimistic I am about this. What do you give that draft grade-wise? I mean, it's hard to grade it because, again, you, you need the, the guys to play. So I think that's a big uh, – well, This would be the pre-play draft. Pre, just looking at it, you know, I'll give them like a C-minus just because they address needs. Like they needed help on the offensive line. They – Freaking Randy Gregory, so they got an edge guy in the second round. Uh, did a receiver, they went out and did that. Um, so they, they addressed some guys. I like the Ridway from Arkansas, the defensive tackle that we got in the fifth round. Uh, so I'll, I'll give them a C plus, B minus ish. Like I'll give them like a seventy eight. Okay. I'm gonna go with I. I'm gonna go with the D. I, just the only reason I'm not saying F is because Roland said that they address needs, which is which is true. They didn't address the needs. I definitely would have given them an F, but just the fact that that they didn't take I'm 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 a big take the best player available kind of guy. And the fact that they didn't do that, you know, to me has them down at a D. And uh oh man, it's just it's just sad. But to their defense, this wasn't and this kind of goes for the quarterbacks also. It wasn't the most talented draft class coming out of college. You know, either True. so i mean there weren't a lot of studs there weren't a lot of big names i mean even hutchinson is great but there were a lot of people who didn't like him who felt that he had a lot of flaws and he was number 
you know, number two overall. So when you have your one and two picks that aren't quarterbacks, first of all, and don't have the highest grade, uh, there wasn't a lot of, you know, big news at the combine. So the draft in itself wasn't very great talent wise to me, in my opinion. So, uh, but real quick, being from Texas, a lot of other people root for this team. The Texans, shout out to the Texans because they did really, to me, have an impressive draft. All right. You like that Derek Stingley Jr. pick? Yes. Yeah, yeah, I yeah. did, man. And they and you see, that's that's to me where the Cowboys could have gone. You know, not necessarily him, but I mean, uh, on day two, the Texans, you know, picked up the receiver, Mitchie. You know, they got a linebacker from Alabama as well, Christian Harris, guys who are winners. You know, they come from winning programs. So the names were there. And, uh, you know, Stingley's a great pick. They got a guard to protect, uh, you know, uh, Mills. So shout out to the Texans. Hopefully they do good just because they are from Texas and we got to represent Texas, man. Well, Justin, what was your grade for the Cowboys? You, you know, you gave them an F, so you gave them like a, a – 40 or something. F plus, F plus, F plus. I like F that. Plus. All right, I'm not. I'm not all the way out. I'm. I'm still here. It's just frustration airing at this moment. I'm frustrated too. All right, we're not gonna have a halftime. We don't do halftime here. We push through. We uh -huh. don't need breaks like that. So we're gonna push right through to the third quarter. This one should be a little quick. I just wanted to bring it up because of this little description here, guys. That watching on youtube and facebook i have a tweet here from mr brady mr brady officially signed on with fox sports to be their new lead analyst he's going to be play by play by play guy uh they just lost um in and i think joe buck um are both gone i think they're the new, the new crew um they lost joe football, buck? if i'm not mistaken i, I think they're amazon uh, guys i, I, I believe now aikman and buck aikman. no shit well I saw that Buck was gonna I could be uh, announce 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 for the PGA. I, I know he's doing the uh, PGA Championship, I believe. Many cats for them. So damn, I I love me some Joe Buck, man. Especially when baseball season comes. Yeah. So out. here, Tom Brady, the deal is worth up to three hundred and seventy-five million dollars. Just a little tidbit here with his salary included, with the salary included this year. I mean, uh, for his uh, services as a Bucks quarterback, he would have made three hundred and seventeen million. So this contract is going to outweigh anything that he's done earnings-wise uh, with the NFL. Are you guys excited for Brady? Do you think he's going to do good um, as a play-by-play -play -play guy, like some thought Peyton Manning might be, although he has a Manning cast now? Uh, what, what are your thoughts on this? I think that the uh, numbers pretty – I can see why it would be more than what he's made in his career. He does take a lot of team-friendly deals, so I get that. The interesting stat about this number, you're looking at what Romo just signed and Aikman signed. Yeah. If you combine those two deals, this deal that Tom Brady just got is worth a million dollars more than those other two deals. So Tom Brady's worth one Romo, one Aikman, uh, according to Fox. The other thing that I think that is outlandish about this deal now is we don't know if Tom Brady's any good on the microphone. Yeah, we just true. we're just assuming he is. You know, we we see that he's kind of smart on Twitter, but is that part of him? Is that a team that's doing that? I don't oh, know. Exactly. So, three hundred and seventy-five mil seems like a lot. 
But I mean, the the the, the lowest you can do is to be Drew Brees. Drew Brees is terrible on TV. So as long as he's better than that, I'm sure he's got his worth at 375. But man, these deals are, you know, outlandish. I think more than what he made in his career for a 10 year deal. Let's see. Well, I think Roland had said before we started that Fox came out and said, "Hold on, pause." You know, yeah, the the, yeah. the numbers might not be that, but it. I mean, it looks like they are going to sign him to a crazy, stupid deal. But maybe the numbers might not be exactly what you know is is a show here, but. Um, I mean, if you if you put in guys like Chris Sims, you know, and Phil Sims on in front of a camera, I mean, I don't think Tom Brady can do any worse. You know, I have to watch Phil Sims on CBS every fucking Sunday, and I hate it. Um, so you know, and whatever it is, it's not it hard is. to raise the bars. What you're saying yeah, when it's, it's that? I mean, I know they're not getting paid the money that that Brady is, but I mean, you have guys like Booger McFarland on TV, man. Come on. Yeah. Now he's not yeah. getting nowhere near Brady money though. Yeah, no, I understand, but I'm saying there's people on TV that you know the the Achos who I'm a you know I hate the Achos. So if I have to hear them, then I don't I I don't mind hearing Brady. I, guess. I love I love Manny Acho. <laughs> Texas boys, uh, yeah. I think you bring up a good point, Justin. It is kind of crazy. We haven't heard Brady in the booth, but then again, we didn't know what Romo was going to be like. Um, and I'm gold. sure we didn't know what uh, Aikman was going to be like. So better take your chances. And yeah. he's the GOAT, so I'm not going to question it too much. He's the GOAT. And, you know, exactly. media media rights, you know, you hear the crazy numbers that these media companies are paying for the rights of the games and all that. So um, if you can make that money, go ahead and get it. So Tom Brady has already got the next bag secured. And, <laughs> dude, this guy's just a, he's addicted to football. I mean, think about it. He's playing football all the way up till he's 45. And then what's he going to do for the next 10 years? These play-by-play guys, they they travel, you know, just like these uh, teams mm-hmm. do. He, he's going to be doing meetings. He's going to stay involved with the game. This yeah. guy, he just can't stay away from football. Does not want to go back home and do chores and, and cut the grass <laughs> and do stuff like that. He's one of your family, man. Well, while Roland's cutting off, anyway, I'm interested to hear these stories that Tom Brady has to say. I think they're going to be very interesting. Um, and and the other thing is, I'm sure players are going to want to tell Tom Brady some of these stories too. So the inside scoops Tom Brady's going to have access to, you know, the regular Phil Sims guy is not going to have access to. You know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, another thing for me here, Justin, is that it takes him away from the front office. You know, some people were saying, oh, hey, Brady, that's Brady. a really good uh, point to bring up, Ron. Yeah. I mean, Brady, uh, you know, people are saying that he loves football so much he's going to stay involved. You know, does he become front office? Uh, you know, people are saying it about Aikman, but Aikman went to the booth. So now we know for the next 10 years he won't be involved in the front office. Now, what I'm interested in to know is, is any of this deal paid up front or is this has to be like you get your first check the, the day of? Like, are they already giving him some of this cut? Like, what's the deal, you know? Well, Brady and his lawyers aren't stupid. I'm sure that Obviously, he's gonna. Yeah. I'm sure that he's gonna get uh, some sort of guaranteed money before you know it all. It all. It all kicks off in the booth. 
Well, and, man, I, I, I'm looking man. forward to it. Uh, another guy like Romo, yeah. if he's anything close to that, is going to be awesome, especially knowing Romo's on CBS. When we watch our Cowboys games uh, when they're on Fox, we know we're getting something good. Now, it's just going to be funny to see if he has any biasness or anything comes out because sometimes it can be hard to hide that. I know with Aikman, maybe it's not so hard. He does kind of call it evenly when he's talking about the Cowboys. A lot of the fans who who hate that about him say, oh, he's a hater. I appreciate that because he's not a homer. He's not just calling it one way. It's He's calling it fair and square. Personally, I like that. Yeah, I mean, as Cowboy fans, how do you not like Tony Romo and Troy Aikman in the booth, man? But uh, that's enough of that. I think that was a, a solid third quarter there. I, I I hate talking and putting praise on Tom Brady after all the <laughs> praise and all the accomplishments and all the accolades that he's already got. So uh, what's up for the fourth quarter, man? What did you guys have? Oh, wow. Surprise, surprise. The fourth quarter is J-Mart 8242's favorite segment. Favorite time of the day. Favorite time of the week. It's All right. time. Let's get have, into this. You don't have your counterpart here in Big Ben Diesel at Big Pat 44 on Twitter. So I'm going to let you take this. I'm going to ride your coattails all the way uh, for the entirety of the segment. So the floor is yours. We're coming off a crazy card. What we're going to talk about in the fourth quarter is the MMA card, the knockout heard around the world, uh, the sleeper fight, which we weren't expecting with, you know, Thug Rose and the guy who couldn't make weight and wins the fight, but can't get the title. So those are the headlines for it. I'm going to let my man J-Mart 8242 take you guys through it. He's going to give you the scoop. You guys, though, the card might not have been great. But the pod that you and Ben did, you guys picked some fucking winners. And I'm going to let you go over all of that, man. The floor is yours. Take it away. All right. So Ron alluded to the MMA tap hour like we have to have. We love to have. This is the MMA tap minute. I was going to be brief. We had three fights uh, that we're going to go over. If you watch the MMA tap hour, you cashed on the last three fights. The ones that we talked about. The first one was Chandler and... um. Tony Ferguson, this is the only part that we got wrong all night. We said that Tony Ferguson could not be finished. He had gone up against Oliveira. He had his arm bent backwards and didn't tap out. He went through Gaethje. It took the ref to stop it because he wouldn't fall. And he was taking some of the craziest shots, the toughest shots I've ever seen Tony Ferguson take, and he didn't fall once. So I thought, oh, it's going to be no problem. As far as that goes, he's going to get through the fight. You can you can bank that he's at least going to get through the fight at minimum. That's what we're going to bank on. Sure enough, the knockout hurt around the world. The craziest front kick I've ever seen as far as power goes. He sent him into the other world, bro. This Tony was in another dimension. He falls flat <laughs> face forward, and he's on the floor for what seemed like eternity. I mean, people said he never got up. The people that were there I had a cousin go, by the way, and he was like, wow. He, what, what, he kind of ruined it for me in a way because he's seen it in live time. He mm -hmm. texts me, go to sleep, MF. And sure enough, this dude's on the floor 10 <laughs> seconds later on my TV. I'm like, oh, my God, what just happened? The craziest, the craziest fight. So if you if you had Chandler like we did, you, you cashed in there. Second off, we gave you the underdog pick. I said the live dog will be Carla Sparza. She chain wrestles really good. Um, you should take her. She, there's a really good chance she gets this win. Sure enough, I had her winning four rounds to one. She put the pressure. She was pushing the pace a little bit more, and she controlled the octagon. 
that's what the judging criteria had to go by because this was a snooze fest. I mean, if you were watching that fight, uh, God be with you, man, because it was bad. I was watching the Canelo fight also. I put that one on the main screen. I was watching the other one on my on my smaller screen because it didn't deserve my main screen. And that's because I am somewhat of a Namahunas fan. But yeah, I think the, the fault there was her coach, her fiance, uh, the cornering advice that he was giving her. He was acting like he was the main head coach and not giving Trevor Whitman, who we gave coach of the year of last year, any chance to, hey, let's go in a different route. The game plan's not working after all. Nothing. And today he came out on a podcast and said, oh, it's because the UFC had a slippery octagon. Otherwise, we're knocking her out. I'm like, nah, man, I, I don't think that's the case. I think I think she needs to get away. I want. I, I think she needs to get away from Colorado. I want to say Trevor Whitman has taken her as far as he can take her, and a new camp could bless her and, and give her some new skills. And I almost feel like she's already kind of seen that because today it came out that she had messaged Joanna Janjacek, who's fighting another girl uh, this next two weeks, uh, if she could go to her camp and help her out. So they used to be foes, but it kind of seems like she's trying to branch out a little bit, extending an olive branch to Joanna. And I think Joanna's kind of going to take that there. So we'll see what happens. And then we have the main event, which is Chucky Olives and Justin Gaethje. <laughs> Unfortunately for Chucky Olives, something was up with the scales. I mean, you have 20 out of 30 fighters going half pound over. He weighed in the night before. He's exactly at the 155 championship weight, doesn't eat anything, shows up to the backstage, weighs 155 backstage, goes up to the scale. Unfortunately, these are not digital scales. And I think that's what needs to be called for now is for the UFC to have a live digital scale where it's even connected to a server that's not within them so that we can see what the weight is. I don't, I don't know why his team let him leave at 156 and not come back and make weight. When he came back, he didn't look like he had sweat, nothing. I don't know if they just made him, you know, get a little more water out, but he looked super dry coming back and he didn't make weight. He was 155.5. So only one eligible that night was Justin Gaethje for the title. Um, Man, Charles Oliveira, he's put on a streak. When he gets hit, he has this new technique uh, these last three fights because he's been dropped in every round of the first round in the last three fights where he goes down into a submission to shell up a little bit and he waits for you to come into his guard and then he's a submission specialist. He's a yeah, snake on the ground. He's going to get you every time. And if you if you do come into his guard, he's going to get you. If you don't, you want to stand up. You don't want to get in there. You know what the ref's going to do? He's going to stand him up and you can't touch him for those few seconds while he gets up. He gets up very slow, gets his, you know, his bearings back, and then he finishes fights. You know, there's a lot of talk about, oh, there's a hype train on him. No, man, I think the, the boat is sailed on this guy. He is the real deal. The resumes are already there. So if you're not believing already, it's too late to start believing now. His, he's got the resume. Um, unfortunately, he's going to be the number one contender. Uh, and who knows what's going to be fed to him next. There's a lot of rumors it'll be Islam Makachev. I know they want Islam and Benil to fight each other to get that going. I'm not sure how it's going to end, but it would be very unfortunate if he says, you know what, I'm not ready for that July. I'm, I'm going to go to November, December, and they book some interim fight with somebody else because he never lost a championship. And a lot of the fight fans and the community says, you know what, he is still the champion. We recognize him as a champ. I mean, a half a pound. The, the, th the thing that I saw someone say is he didn't weigh 156. 
So he weighed 155.5. So on the scale, you can't say he's over. He's still 155. So I don't know, man. It is what it is. The rules are in place. It's unfortunate. But let's see what, what gets scheduled for that lightweight title. All the people in the lightweight division are chirping at each other. This division is moving, and it's exciting to see. I yeah, like the, that. The lightweight division is one of the most one of the most exciting divisions, in my opinion. Uh, you you you're not as light as the bantamweights, and you still have some of that knockout power that some mm -hmm. of the the heavier weight uh, weight classes have. So it's kind of the the perfect combination. Uh, I thought you brought up a good point though, Justin, about Dubronx and pulling guard. Uh, he even pulled Justin Gaethje down. I think it. I mean, it counted as a takedown from the clinch. I was going to yeah. say he's also in the Muay Thai clinch. He pulled guard. Yeah. He he's very strong from the clinch. I was very, uh, I guess, surprising for me to see it, how how much stronger he was than Gaethje and all of those exchanges. Um, but yeah, he he survived the early flurry from Gaethje. You know, when Gaethje connects, he usually puts you out or he puts you down at least, knocks you down. So good to see him uh, recover from that and uh, retain. He's still the, the champion in my eyes. So he retained the. Yeah the the title that night uh so but yeah great night of fights and that joanna fight or not joanna rose naman yunas fight don't even want to spend time you covered it well enough but sleeper. yeah uh, yeah low sleeper there yeah i mean as far as ufc pay-per-views go um it was what the fans wanted it, it was good for ufc you got a a stupid crazy knockout highlight reel uh the only you know, I'm not going to say it again, but the, the snooze fest was, you know, the lady fight, like Ben likes to say, that's the one where you get, where you get up and, you know, go take your restroom break or whatever Rush else you do, whatever break. else you do on your breaks. Uh, the title fight, you know, wasn't very long, but there was controversy, which is good for, you know, the media, which is good for the headlines. Uh, the guy who, uh, you know, didn't make weight one, you know, which also, you know, helps and it put more respect on his name. I saw not only from the casual fan, but a lot of MMA stars and people around the sport who know it really well saying, you know what, I will admit I, I wasn't high on him. Uh, I thought he had a lot of clout. I thought it was all hype, but now put some respect on his name, you know, Birdman. Uh, so I, w I was one of those guys who was kind of like, who is this dude? Like he got a couple lucky, you know, subs, but dude's a real deal. Uh, 30, 33 now. wins, Ron. Only three of them haven't been a finish. This guy finishes fights. That I mean that that right there is a crazy crazy stat. So overall, it was a good weekend for fight fans. Unless you were Hispanic, <laughs> Latino, Mexican, I have to bring this up. I know Mayo. Yeah, I know it's MMA, but what were y'all's thoughts on the Canelo fight? Well, I knew that Vivio uh, would be trouble for Canelo just because he had a better defensive rate than Shakur Stevenson, and we saw what a good jab does to Canelo when we saw Triple G fight him. And this was a, a younger, not, I won't say better than Triple G already, but he's at that level and the stylistics match up. And so if Canelo had trouble with Triple G, why would he not have trouble with a better defender and a better jabber in Bivio? So I kind of expected that. I knew that the, the scorecards would get funky in the end. You yeah. know, they're going to still go and pull for Canelo. 115-113 is ridiculous. Canelo maybe won two rounds. Yeah. He... He looked out of shape at that weight. I mean, he looked so tired in between rounds. This wasn't the normal Canelo. If they, he's going to have to go back down to that 160. And it looks like Bivol's down to go chase him in those belts down there. So we'll see. Yeah, I mean, take away. I'm glad you brought up. Go really. I was just going to say, I'm glad you brought up. Uh, yeah, I was just going to say, I'm glad you brought up the weight. I think uh, 
Canelo finally bit off a little bit too much uh, for him to chew. Yeah. Um, he's been moving up in these weight classes for the past couple of years. And it, I mean, he's been met with success at each stop, but I think this was just a little too much for him. Like Justin said, you saw him have trouble with triple G. This was just a bigger challenge and uh, he wasn't up to the task. Fight cards or scorecards are always a little funky, but you had to expect that they're going to pull for the money man. And that's Canelo right now. He's uh, the big, the cash cow. So crazy night of fights. Um, Ron, I'll let you get to yeah. it because you, you brought it up and I'm sure you're, you're a little pissed because you were rooting for Canelo or no. Uh, no I'm anti-Canelo. You know this. <laughs> being a Triple G fan, man, be, being a, a, a fan of Triple G and the fact that he got robbed in the first Canelo fight, I was very happy to see this. Um, I didn't like Canelo at the beginning because of the Triple G fight, but then he grew on me. You know, he was winning fights. You know, he represents, you know, our Mexican heritage and our Mexican culture. And I was starting to fall in love with the guy again. And then he comes out and he just puts up this totally complete dud of a fight. As soon as he walked out, he did not look in shape. That was the first thing I noticed. You've seen Canelo. I mean, I know he weighed more, but you've seen him, the six pack, you know, the biceps, the oiled up. He came out, he looked flabby. He looked tired. He didn't look as focused. Um, I mean, it might not be because of this. This is just something random. But my cousin Aldo said that uh, did, he just started, you know, kind of like doing the social life, drinking. Uh, he had never drank before, supposedly. Now he drinks and, you know, golfs all the time now. He golfs. Uh, you know, his head is in a lot of other places now. He's this global superstar. So I don't think he was as focused, um, you know, uh, on this fight. I did like how he just admitted it, you know, post fight interview. He just said, you know what? The better, the better man won. It's boxing. It is what yeah. it is. Uh, the only thing that he did kind of say was I felt I didn't have to win the fight, which I think you just have to say that because you can't throw yourself completely under the bus, but he admitted to it. Uh, he was down for the rematch, you know, which is really good. I didn't, I don't like when they come out and say, well, I'm going to talk to my team and see what's best for me next. And yada, yada, yada. He was down for it. Bivol was down for it. Hopefully they do it again. Can Canelo win? Canelo to me always has a chance to win, even against a bigger guy. He just has to commit a little bit more focus, but man, Bivol just dude impressed me. I I'll be honest. I had never heard of this guy before. His defense was top notch. He had nothing on his face, no blemishes, uh, even on the, you know, the shoulders. Usually they'll get scratches, you know, for maybe, you know, the tape, you know, or say, you know, some laces. His arm was jacked. Yeah, I mean. That's the only thing because yeah. Canelo kept hitting arms, shoulders. Yeah, nothing, nothing really. That guy's defense was very, very strong. And the speed of this guy. I mean, I had never <laughs> seen Canelo get hit, you know, once or twice. And this guy was hitting him three, four times, you know, flurry very, very fast. He was pushing Canelo up against the ropes. Canelo just ran into the bigger, stronger guy, and he wasn't prepared for it at all. Um, is it over for Canelo? Hell no. As you guys said, if he goes back down in weight, fights the guys who he's supposed to, he can steamroll them. But I just don't know if Canelo's about that. I mean, do you want to go against guys who you know you're going to beat? I mean, you want the challenge, you know? So, uh I'm still excited for his career. I still want to see him box. Uh, you know, I really still love the guy. I'm kind of glad that he took the L because I didn't want a undefeated Mexican, you know, fighter. I'm a big Julio Cesar Chavez senior fan. You know, I grew up watching it with my El grand campeon. El, el, el gran campeon. Uh, so I'm kind of glad he took the L, brought him a little bit, bit back down to earth. 
But overall, to sum it up, a great weekend of mixed martial arts and of boxing. Um, great for the fans. And I'm glad that it happened because we needed some solid performances on both sides. We always have a great MMA card, shitty boxing or shitty boxing and great MMA, vice versa. You know, whoever you want to say it. But overall, good weekend for fight fans. And, and Justin, you being the, the MMA expert along with Ben and the, just the, the fight the fight game expert along with Ben, is there what, what do we have to look forward to in the coming weeks? Are there any big fights or any, any big cards uh, to look forward to? Jamal, Jamal or Jamel, one of the twins is fighting this weekend. Charlo. They're running it back, uh, one of the Charlo brothers. Um, there's a UFC, the next pay-per-view that's coming up. There's a fight night, but there's a pay-per-view coming up, 275. A lot of debates on whether that warrants being a pay-per-view. You got Yuri Prozaska and um, Glover. Glover Teixeira highlighting that card. And a lot of people are saying they're kind of the leftovers of the light heavyweight division. I'm not sure that's a $75 investment as far as watching that card. <laughs> well, will Uncle Dana give it to us for that $55? He'll maybe... Uh, no, no I don't think bit. he will. I think it's, it's, it's like a set thing as far as accounting goes. You know, I don't think he will. But uh, I don't know. We'll see. Uh, Rough and Rowdy, if you like that sort of thing, May 20th, I think that's coming up too. So, Yeah, I mean, you have Glo- Glover-, Glover Teixeira. I mean, this guy is, is he's, I, old. He's, he's still fighting. I mean, that, that's yeah. the worst thing that I think of. He's a champ, though. Uh, I mean, I know he's a champ, but at light heavyweight, you're going to have Glover Teixeira. I mean, where are the light heavyweights at? You know, <laughs> Put Well, this guy John and DC that. are gone, and we saw yeah. what he did to that champion. So it's like, yeah, we thought, okay, it's going to be in good hands with John Blahovitz when he won, but then Glover beat him, and you're like, okay, it's not in good hands. Lightweight divisions and light heavyweight division, it's in shambles right now. Yeah, I mean, and uh, coming out right now, the odds, he's plus 165, and he's a champ. Uh, you know, you have Shevchenko uh, versus Santos, a women's flyweight title by Wei Lee. Who? Santos, who's that? This well, this is what this is what it's you a said. Bad card, bro. This is what UFC 275 is saying that it's going to be. Yeah, Wayne Joanna. Yeah, uh, nerd fight. Wayne Joanna. So that's two women fights. Whatever. Then you have Choi Kalabo, Emiv versus Ma. I mean, not a lot of big names here, guys. So nope. I agree with the uh, the pay per view. I, I, this is probably a fight night. Should be a fight night. Another girl fight. Juarez versus Na. Wait, there's one, two. Yeah, it, it, there's four. There, there was one time, the last time that Glover fought in the middle of the day. They gave it to us for free on ESPN Plus, and it was a it was a numbered pay per view. Maybe that might happen. Maybe it happens again. I don't know. It's gonna be in yeah. prime time. Oh no, actually, it's in Singapore. Yeah, this maybe is it happens, uh, Roland. Uh, maybe Saturday it happens. Saturday, June eleventh, nine p.m. Central Time, Singapore Indoor Stadium. Yeah, yeah. shout out. Maybe shout it happens another freebie. Shout out to Glover for being the champ in what used to be, to me, the most exciting division or one of the more exciting exactly. divisions. Exactly. They, used to, they used to say the light heavyweight champion is the baddest man on the planet. They used to yeah. say things like yeah. that, and yeah. no one says that now. Not anymore. All right. Well, that was uh, the fourth quarter, but we, we got overtime. We got a little <laughs> overtime. Justin was kind enough to, to include some OT for us, and it's not sports-related. And we're, What we're is this? It. <laughs> Oh my god! We we won't get into it too much, but oh my god. for you guys who can watch this on YouTube, we're not, we're, not, here. we're not legal experts here. We don't claim to be. It's just news, <laughs> so pop culture, if you will. Um, big news: Young Thug and others <laughs> uh, got are l- looking at Rico charges. Justin, 
What, what, what do you think about this? Are, are, how do you do you think he's gonna beat the case? Do you like so the lyrics? I don't know. Do you think do you I don't like know enough. Yeah, I don't know enough about the case. Um, I know just some of the you know the rappers that are involved, Young Thug and Thugga, uh, are gonna and some other people. I think uh, I just want to know as far as does this kind of promote them more? Like now their lyrics mean a little more because maybe there's some truth behind it. Do you feel like their street cred goes up? Like the clout that they have does that does that move at all for you all? Uh, when you're listening to the Young Thug's uh, lyrics. Well, I mean, it, it might mean that some of the stuff that he's been saying all these years is true. You now, know, Roland, some... there was a guy who talked about murder on my mind. I don't, I don't know if you remember that song. But yeah, he ended yeah. up being uh, going to jail, I believe, or, or getting guilty because of the lack of the lyric charges. Are they going to use that against Young Thug and Gunna? Is that what we're seeing? That is one of the things that I've heard that those some of their lyrics are involved in the case. So they're going to try and get them on some of the stuff that they said in, in their their songs that they, they've made and probably got popular off of. So a um, lot to unfold here. Ron, you've been quiet. What, what do you think about this? Oh, man, I'm not even. I, I, Ron, is this no P? He's is this P, Ron? This, this is just no comment, man. I mean. I don't like if it ain't like the real like Tupac and Biggie stuff. I mean, that shit to <laughs> me was like real, real, real stuff. This is like Doug was hanging out with some guys in a car that did something, maybe, you know. So it, it's just, it's just all, it's not cap. I'm not saying it's cap, but this is just all, you know, clickbait to me, man. I'm not, I'm not interested in it at all. So it doesn't do anything for you when you're listening to Young Thug, or are you just not a Young Thug guy at all to begin with? Man, I mean, kind of, but nowadays, man, these guys walk around with like 25 bodyguards and, you know, uh, five or six SUVs and, you know, all this stuff. They, they, I mean, they, they about it, bro. They about it the way that, you know, the guys, I mean, to me, they, from, you know, from, back an in outside, the day. from an outsider's perspective, obviously I'm not involved in any of this at all. But from back in the day, you know, it's just and they, they have TikToks, you know, and you know, social medias and come on, man. Come on. So like man. if you have a TikTok, like you're not P. Like that's not <laughs> that's not what I'm saying. But how are you gonna be like all hard and all this stuff? And then you're getting indicted on Rico, maybe kind of sort of, yeah, you really didn't do anything. I don't know, man. It's just hey, all... I mean the, the only thing I'm gonna say is these are some serious charges. So hopefully. You know, some of this stuff is just uh, accusations, but we'll see. And hey, with we talking about sports, you never know what you're gonna get. We change it up here through a little curveball on overtime. I liked it. I uh, like a little cultures, a little culture minute. That would be fun for us to just talk a little uh, a shit about this case. You know? Yeah. yeah. Anything else you guys want to get to tonight? It's it's been a good uh, hour plus yeah. with you guys. Uh, getting getting back to the pod. Um, anything else you guys want to add? Anything to look forward to? I know Justin talked about some fights this weekend. Uh, nothing really, man. Just if whoever's watching or whoever comments, uh, wherever you see this at, let us know what you guys want. Let us know what you want to hit more, what you want us to hit more. Um, and that's pretty much it, man. Anything that you guys want to hear, let us know. We'll try to do as much content as we can. It's just it does get a little tough, you know, getting all the boys together at the same time. Uh, but we do the best that we can. 
What about you, Justin? And that's a wrap for me, man. I'm just thankful uh, we're back to potting and we got some new ideas coming out. So be looking out. Yep. Yeah. Be looking out for that. Uh, we're going to be coming at you guys hopefully weekly. So uh, talk to y'all soon with the next podcast. Peace. Peace. Thanks.